0: Hi, Louie here from Two Sharp Chefs. It's been a crazy month for all of us and a lot of things have changed. And while Lorraine and I are social distancing, we're also making the best out of our new situation and are working hard on new episodes that are more relevant to current events. We want to send our heartfelt thoughts to our hospitality industry family who had been adversely affected by this crisis. And we also want to give a shout out to all the cooks, chefs, and restaurant owners, as well as those who are helping our community. Thanks so much for showing up and doing your best. On behalf of both of us, if there's something you need us to share, please don't hesitate to let us know how we can help. The only way we'll get through this is if we stick together. In the meantime, here's an episode we recorded before the coronavirus pandemic with the awesome Jamie Tran, chef and owner of the Black Sheep. And at the end of the episode, stay tuned for a special update from Jamie. Thanks for listening. And as always, Lorraine and I got your back and together we'll come out of this stronger.
1: Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victa, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Louis? Are you the favorite or are you the black sheep of the family?
0: I had this big gap between me and my brother. So uh-huh. I kind of like grew up as an only child, but not an only child, you know? So so you're more like a favorite than a black so, sheep. I don't know. Uh, I feel like he grew up in another lifetime. In my family, it's sort of the
1: uh, super obvious uh, middle child thing. So I'm the oldest. And then Noelle, who you know, is yeah. the youngest. But Erica was definitely the black sheep being the middle child.
0: Really? So I don't know what that's like. Is there like a correlation with
1: being a middle child? Oh, for sure. That definitely happens. I didn't. I don't know that. You didn't know that. Well, you didn't have a middle child in your family. So. So let's go ahead and start with this
0: podcast. Sharp quote. A family without a black sheep is not a typical family. Heinrich no Nobel Prize winning writer. So you have an atypical family. Uh-huh. <laughs> atypical, but not dysfunctional.
1: Yeah. Today, Louie, we are chatting with Las Vegas's favorite black sheep, Chef Jamie Tran of Black Sheep Restaurant in Las Vegas. Jamie is from the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. She graduated from San Francisco State, then culinary school at Le Cordon Bleu. She's worked at Charlie Palmer's Aureole and Daniel Boulud's DB Brossery. Jamie has cooked at the James Beard House. Picnic in the Alley, and joined us recently at the inaugural Women's Hospitality Initiative event at UNLV. Jamie, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. (laughs) So let's start with the name Black Sheep. Okay. I did a little research on a few who consider themselves as Black Sheep. Ready for this? Yes. Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. Big one. Very cool. Dustin Hoffman and Lisa Bonet.
2: So you're in pretty good company. Um, How
1: are you the black sheep
2: of your family? Well, you guys talking about the middle child, I am the middle child of the family. Told you. (laughs) More research um, has to be done. I have like, uh, we're a total of nine siblings. I have three. Holy moly. Yeah. I have three brother, older brother, three younger brothers, one older sister, one younger sister, and I'm dead in the middle.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs)
1: Um, so my understanding is you followed in your father's footsteps and he maybe wanted some of the other siblings to do the same.
2: Yeah, he wanted, he's old school, old fashioned from Vietnam and he wanted the six, one of the six boys to follow him and be a chef, uh, be a chef. So he'll have them come in the kitchen and like, stage with him, and nobody couldn't handle it. My brothers and stuff tried to do in the kitchen. They couldn't handle it. Um, I was in the kitchen, but I didn't care for it. Okay. But then just because my dad told me I can't do certain things, like, you can't be on the hotline, I jump on the hotline, Y'all <laughs> yell at me. Mm. Then he told me I can't do certain things, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could do it better than you. So I was that, that child, like, to prove him wrong. Um, I actually fell in love cooking not because of my dad, my mom. Huh. Uh, so I, I learned the discipline and uh, the hard work ethic. Through my dad, but in the kitchen, but the love of cooking and the passion of cooking and the memory of cooking is from my mom. So nine kids who fed all those mouths? Was it you and your mom? Was it your mom? Was your dad and your mom? Yes, my my dad worked a lot. But when he was home, he cooked for us. But uh, my mom cooked majority of time and me. And what did you guys have? Was it traditional American or traditional Vietnamese or both? It was all over the place. So um, my dad and mom are from Vietnam. So my dad escaped the war. During the war, he had to escape because he was a general. So they had to go and leave because he was going to get executed um, because he was fighting (laughs) against the the communism. So he had to escape. And then so he went through like Thailand and stuff just to try to escape. And then he speaks French a little bit. So he went on to explore. Important exporting. I forgot what kind of boat, but they took he talked to them in French and they so he told him take them anywhere that doesn't have communism. So I took them to South Korea. So my mom and dad lived in Korea and my sister was born in Korea, older sister, and I grew up eating kimchi and I thought it was Vietnamese. I didn't know what it was, to tell you the truth. I was like eating kimchi growing up. Uh, um so it was like very diverse. My dad lived in Houston, Texas, because they got sponsored by a Christian family. So from Houston, Texas, they moved to Monterey, uh, then Stockton, and I was born in Stockton. And then um from there, I started eating... It was just weird. I, we eat Korean food, we eat American, we eat steak and potatoes, we ate uh, pizza, a lot of pizza, um, we ate baguettes, Vietnamese food, traditional Vietnamese food, um, American food. It was all... Of, that's why my food is the way it is. That
1: explains the menu. Yeah. yeah. Because your menu is definitely Asian, definitely American. Yes. <laughs> and it's... I would almost call it like Asian eclectic when I look at it. it you know, it's it's got... Thai, it has yeah. French, it has Latin inspiration. Yeah. How has this concept sort of evolved for you? Because did you start that way or was it always kind of, I don't know, I guess growing because you were bringing back more of your background or.
2: I, for the restaurant, uh, cooking wise in the industry, I was traditionally cooking, like I cooked Japanese food as well, but I went and towards French, uh, classic tr- traditional French. Uh, so I was more in the French culinary wise um, my cooking career but I kind of miss home um, so when I opened this restaurant I was gonna like I, I didn't know how to describe it but I really missed home so it was me on a plate I, I call it it was just me on a plate I don't know but people always want to categorize me as Vietnamese or something like that and I was like it's not Vietnamese because you can even ask the tradi- like tradition anybody from Vietnam there's different regions and what's traditional to them is not traditional to somebody so what's traditional to my dad from Saigon is not traditional for my mom from Hue so my mom from Huei eats certain different things, so it wouldn't be so we did like we're not the traditional Vietnamese family because I didn't grow up eating pho. People thought that was weird. Like I was like, we my mom did not cook one pot of pho for us, nor my dad. I only had it with my uncle. So for myself, they're like that's a staple of pho and bummy sandwiches. Like, yeah, of course, I, I had that, but pho-wise, I was like, no, we didn't really eat that until I met my uncle. So uh my menu just is basically. Me missing home and me trying to um, not be that person that follows, like, the rules all the time. To tell you the truth, i got kind of tired of cooking the same, like, classic French and you have to kick with corporate what they want and how it's like. Yeah. Creatively, I was, like, kind of, like, honestly, I got depressed. Creatively, I wanted to quit because of it because I was, like, I'm not able to express myself and it, it made me miserable. So, I was, like, um... Decided when I, if I open my own restaurant, I'm going to do like make my own food. And then finally I opened the restaurant and I made myself become very, like popped everything out of my head. And then I created everything I could create. That's me. And when people ask now, I'm like, it's just, it's me on a plate. I think that's where most of the chefs nowadays are going towards. Like you can't categorize us because we're, I think our generation is a different breed. Right. Um, We are not like just because I'm Vietnamese American doesn't mean I eat traditional Vietnamese like I eat traditional what I grew up with. So it's just my journey. I always say it's my journey. My memories on a plate that I want people to experience, even though it gives me memories. I want to create some new memories for people who come here.
1: What's your most evocative food memory since we're on the discussion Mm -hmm. of memories? Mm what do you remember your first and most, you know, I guess, inspirational moment with food.
2: I speak of this a lot in all my interviews is with my mom. I was young, uh, very young. I was uh, a little like very young. Uh, first memory of her is um California had, like, growing blackouts, and so my mom took, like, when they ha- we had a blackout, and all of them were running wild, like, crazy kids, um, so she had to cook dinner for us, so she took those, uh, you know, those Asian cookie tins with the multi-layer of different types of cookies? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Some with the lid, so my mom took those, and we had a bunch of them, because, obviously, we have a, she had, they had a lot of mouth to feed, and then, so uh, my mom cut the, the front of it, pulled it down the lid off and then i went collecting twigs and stuff from the front yard and the backyard and she would make a fire underneath it and i'll collect a bunch of it and i was the only child that would do that everybody else would do a little bit and then run away they want to help they play with not play hide and seek and stuff but me i was like i'll help i'll help mama and then i'll just do it (laughs) and then i'll sit there and she'll make a pot of rice i remember it it was like a pot of rice pork braised pork belly she made vegetables and she just like had it there. And I was like, that's when I realized uh, she loved us that much. So I, that's why I associate food and love. Aww. Aww. So I, love the, I remember memory. the smokiness. Exactly. I remember just sitting there like, you know, on the floor, just watching her cook and stuff. I want to talk a little bit about how unusual it
1: is um, that you're in the position that you are. And it's so awesome that you are. But you're a woman, obviously. Yes. You're young for yes. a, especially for a chef partner, mm-hmm. majority
2: partner. I'm 12. Uh,
1: <laughs> you look a little 12, but that's okay. That happens that's to a lot of us a- who are Asian. <laughs> around uh, 12, 16. So you're, you're a woman of color. Yeah. And you are a majority chef partner. Now yes. in the world of restaurants, you're kind of a unicorn. Yes. You know, we talked about this at the Women's Hospitality Initiative inaugural event. Um, you know, there's just about 7% Roughly of women at the top, so that could be head chefs, that could be owners, that could be uh, executive chefs, chef de cuisines, and more than fifty percent are graduating out of culinary school. We use that number a lot because it it's a stark example of how unique someone like you really
2: is. I do feel like um, it's good to have this feeling to like achieve your uh, uh, your goals. I feel like I still have to do more because I feel like even though I own this restaurant and I'm an owner, I feel like I have a lot still to do. But um, for myself, I never thought of me being a female, to tell you the truth, and just jumping this way. I just thought it because my dad taught me a work. Like, and I, I, I get it when I... Did work in the kitchen. I realized I was the only female, usually on the hotline and stuff like that. And, but I told myself, just work hard, grind, put your head down and do it. And I have a goal. uh, I told myself after San Francisco State, I have a goal. Before I went to San Francisco State, I told myself, okay, if I'm going to be a chef, then I'm going to take this seriously. And then I did. um, I took it seriously. said, I need to get my business degree. Um, So I went in San Francisco State, got my business degree, switched to business management. And then got that from that goal. I said I'm gonna be. I gave myself a certain time period of if to become a sous chef, an executive chef, and own my own restaurant. I told my professor in San Francisco State I'm gonna move to Vegas and I'm gonna open my own restaurant and create a culture that I want. That people that are doubted like me. I want to not male or female. No, I don't. I don't care about the gender. it's just whoever's doubt it, I want to help them, upbring them and create a, like my own little pay it forward, butterfly effect. And then I told her that I'm going to hire somebody that people doubt um, and then educate them and try to push them as much as I want them. I can give them and then them open their own business and do the same for one other person. I said, that's my goal in life. I'm not trying to be rich. I just want to s- give somebody that support that I didn't really have because my dad was obviously like, you shouldn't be a chef type deal because you're a girl. And then I was like, but you, dad. And then I'm going to be a chef yeah. afterwards. But you know what? I feel like all that, um, the, uh, Challenges. reverse psychology
0: actually worked better for you,
1: but I don't think he was actually doing no, it on purpose. He, he did actually it. didn't want her to do yeah. those no, things. He so it was didn't. like an accidental reverse psychology. Yeah. It's basically,
2: well, he, whatever he said to me, I was like, I'm going to do the opposite. Like, um, you're a rebel. I was, Yes. He called me like, um, like, is this Ludang Dang? It's like a little gangster or whatever. He always calls me that, like, uh, like that little pop off. Like, I don't know. I was that one that would pop off.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: Let's delve awesome. a little bit
1: more into paying it forward. Um, your mentor brought you with him to DB Brasserie. Yes. And now you've brought some of your staff to yes. your restaurant to work here. Yes. What does the culinary family mean to you?
2: It means a lot because I spend most of my time with them. Um, we spend majority of our days together more than my family or my other friends outside of work. A lot of, a lot of uh, my team here uh, from the back of the house have been, me, been with me from the beginning. Or when I worked at DB, I had a young um, cook that was on the hotline. I worked with him and he was like really shy. He's from Puebla and he was really shy. And I have a lot of my cooks from Puebla. Like, like that's where the um, a lot of the like the Latin... Influence comes from too because they're basically my family and I grew up with them and I ate like a mole with them. I eat tamales, but in yeah. California, you eat a lot of Mexican food too. Yeah. <laughs> so I ate a different type of Mexican food, but I ate more uh, of stuff here, knowing them. But he was a young cook and I, I mentored another young cook as well. I was teaching him and um I called him son because he was like, he called me mom because. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll be your mom because you don't have a mom. <laughs> so I was mentoring him while I saw my other uh, second chef. Now, he was just a little hot line cook, like shy, holding his little sheet trays, setting up his kitchen, uh, this uh, line. And then he will stare at me teaching this kid how to do like pates and stuff. And then I said, you come here. And I started talking to him and then I started teaching him stuff and then I started working with him a little bit more and I knew he was shy. Then I, then we started bonding. And then I told him when I left uh, DB, I told him, I'm going to open my own restaurant. I'm going to call you. I said, you're more than a cook. Just know that. And then he said, chef, you call me, I'll give my two weeks notice and I'll come with you. I called him. He gave his two weeks notice. He came with me. Uh, He started as a cook and then I gave him the opportunity. Uh, He was young. He was 24, 23, 24 at the time. And then he's now like just turned 26. And now he's in executive suit.
1: One of your former partners said that he knew you were going to be the right chef because of how you cooked for family meal. David Chang said the same thing about Christina Tosi. It sounds like uh, from your previous story that you are looking for the next Jamie Tran, that you are going to be helping the next Jamie Tran succeed, whether that's a man or a woman or whatever race they are, whatever, you know, whatever background they come from, you're looking for the next person to also push forward.
2: Yes. I, I felt, I feel like that with all my staff member, I is not just the back of the house, the front house as well. So I start taking more active role in the front. So I feel like anybody that I have, like, um, that's under my roof. I want to encourage them, even if it's not in the the restaurant industry, it's just, I, I think about, all the encouragement I can give them on what my knowledge and what I have to offer and see what it takes them. And uh, like a lot of people in this industry want to do this as a career and some people don't want to do it as a career so I don't limit my like I'm not gonna help you because I don't know what you're doing because I have um, I have some servers that want to be a uh, nurse practitioner and their reasoning behind it and it's it all relates I it's their passion and I just relate everything to passion and I encourage them what I went through and uh, related to what they're going through even though it's a different field and For myself, it's not just find that next Jamie Tran. It's just finding that person to just encourage, to tell the truth, find that person to help somebody else. Um, Because I'm a nut, so I don't think I would want to create another me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What kind of advice would you give to young cooks who are like moving up, you know, just like fresh out of culinary school with their Mercer knife
2: bags and stuff? Honestly, for myself, like uh, to tell them, I would tell a young cook just if you're passionate about it, don't give up on your passion. Um, just put your head down, work hard and just go for it. Like you're I feel like um, if you're young, don't even if you're younger or older, just take the risk. You're going to regret it. And if you don't take the risk, it's like it could be rewarding or not rewarding, but you'll never know. So don't. Don't take things for granted. Just put hard. If you're passionate about things, don't let anybody deter you from it. And I feel like um with passion, there's creativity. And if you don't go for your passion, it honestly kills you. And people are miserable if they don't go for things they they want to do in life. So my thing is just go for it and don't like regret things to tell you the truth. Like I that's my one thing is I don't want to regret things and I went for my passion and uh, and I, I'm i here now. Um, I always say this. You, if you let your environment take you down, then that's the route. You, you choose your route in your life. Like everybody goes through things in life. Um, but if you take the experience and you learn from it and you become better from it, then I feel like you can get out of any environment.
0: She, she reminds me of that perfect saying, um, you know, when somebody tells you it's not possible, Yeah. Do it twice and then take pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. So, speaking of challenges, the last question I'm going to ask
1: you is. How are you challenging yourself right now? What are you working on?
0: What's the future of Black Sheep? What's new and exciting? Yes. Was, coming? Uh, for We're
2: myself, in. like uh, just taking more ownership of this restaurant, I actually moved towards the front more. So I'm, I'm challenging myself how to understand what the my friend house people are going through because I already have like my back house. I like, obviously I'm like, we run like a, we run like a family back there and same up here, but I don't understand what they're going through. And it's like that child, you don't understand. So you want to understand that child. So I'm like playing volleyball with my child right now. It's so in the front. <laughs> so I'm like, um, trying to understand front. I'm actually understanding the GM position and I'm, I can enter toast. Uh, I can make the menus. I can enter buttons. I can adjust buttons. I do like cash outs. I do all that stuff. I don't think most chefs do that. So I'm doing that. That's very smart. Um, and um, um, Bussing tables, I'm um, hosting. People call me a host. They're like, that host is so nice. They're like, oh, my servers a lab. Oh my god, that's the chef and owner. you are like, yeah. Like, what do you think about the food?
1: Because <laughs> that's me too.
2: <laughs> I usually don't say anything. I just like, hi. I hope you. I hope you like the food. If not, the door's right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll say things like that. No, but, but pay um, the check
0: first before you walk out.
2: <laughs> <thing. laughs> Sometimes I, I want to be like my dad because my dad's like crazy. Like, but guessing like the food, he'll say like, can I say some bad words on this or no? <laughs> you could say whatever you want oh okay my dad would say like fucking you and like I would crack up like he'll like fucking you sit get out here and then I'm like you know I wish I was gonna I have a version like that I was like I want my own 10 seater I want to be that Asian lady that come out all crazy like fucking you
0: That's awesome. I would love to see that. I would too. I would pay good money for that. I would get yeah. out of here. God damn it. Um, That's my dad. On the food
1: side of the future, are you working on something right now in food that you can talk about a little bit or you know what you want to explore next?
2: Uh, food, I do want to do a lot of projects, but I believe in the philosophy. Um, I'm not that rabbit. I'm that turtle. I take my pace, my time. I feel like you build a foundation, you build something here. I still feel like I need to build the front and the whole, I want my whole restaurant to be, um, at, I feel like if I build a great foundation and I leave it, it the standard doesn't go down. Right. And I don't want anybody on um, my guests that are locals. And that's why I went off the strip is to cater and build a, a, a community in Vegas that my professors said I can do um, just for myself. I don't want to neglect that. So for myself, I do have so many ideas and projects and I've been approached by investors and all this and people wanting to do projects with me, um, not just in Nevada, like in New York and uh, Chicago and Florida. I have people from L.A., West Hollywood and all that wanting to in San Francisco, investors wanting me to do things um, I just say no, because honestly, um, my thing is, for now, I don't want to do that. It's because I want to build that foundation here. It's that time
1: on the fly with Jamie Tran from Black Sheep. 60 seconds, rapid fire questions starting right now. What's always in your
0: fridge? Um, cheese. Best tool for your job? Um, knife. Cat or dog person? Dog. Most inspirational chef?
2: Um, chef Vincent. Who's Chef Vincent? He's my uh, mentor. Ah. <laughs> Dream place to travel and eat? Um, California. <laughs> Childhood food craving? Um, bummy sandwich.
1: Guilty pleasure.
0: Dorito chips. <laughs> After service snack.
2: Dorito chips. <laughs> uh, favorite alcoholic beverage? Hi, Wes. How With do you relax? um i watch uh office your dream job um oh i want to be like a a charity oh, what's that those uh philanthropists i can't say it the charity people oh philanthropists yeah i, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean english no well <laughs> um philanthropist for what Ch- i love like um i love helping people i want to keep going i want to help like a uh, like again, people like minority people, like people who live in challenging environments. And I want to help them, uh, like again, in a bigger picture, not just in the chef world. I want to help people build their own business.
1: Yay. All right. Jamie Tran with Black Sheep. Thank you so much for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone signing off. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food.
0: If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs. That's with a number two on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify,
1: Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86 Till next week.
0: And as promised, here's Jamie Tran telling us about her awesome takeout and curbside pickup options.
2: So our hours are from of our operation are from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, we're doing this whole takeout uh, type of um, order because I want to support my staff. I want to make sure they're. I'm trying to support them as much as I can. And give them some hours so that they can have some income that's coming in. And any profit that's made off each day, we're gonna actually just give it straight to the, our employees. Um, we just want to make sure we maintain this restaurant when it, when we get through this little rough time, um, and actually have our employees not uh, go through difficult times as best as we can.